now. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. The conversation, the foundation for higher thoughts. The only other podcast was one many, many years ago by a Russian guy, according to Mike. Um, joining me, well, first of all, I'm Bo Schwartz. I'm one of the hosts, and I am the original trilogy Luke Skywalker of this podcast. That's right. And joining me is the sequel trilogy Luke Skywalker of this podcast, Michael Hodgins. Hello, Michael. Hello. Oh, to the point of it all. Those texts. And also joining us is the C-3PO of this podcast, Crompton Steers. Crompton, hello. Hey, how's it going? So I wasn't able to intro this show, so you could rip off my intro format using examples i've pretty much used in the past true oh. it's your format you can't well i can kind of understand at this point crofton we know that it's like you're gonna make yourself the best thing you're gonna make me something weird and then you're gonna slam Bo. so i can understand why he's like you know what i want to slam Crofton. and i've been waiting to do that all day my friend so fair fair hey, c3po to his credit is very good at calculating odds nobody wants to hear them but he's very good and and in the sequel trilogy, he has a red arm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> and like most things in that trilogy, remains unexplained. Okay, so uh, listeners, if you are still here after that really weird opening, um, we are a show that usually takes a random topic, debates its merits, and gives it a verdict of good, bad, or bullshit. But. Needless to say, Star Wars is a pretty big cultural phenomenon. So big that we've actually done an episode on Star Wars in the past. And the three of us have decided, we've all seen it individually, we haven't had a chance to talk about our feelings, and we said, you know what, we're going to save it and do it on the show. So no random topic this week. This week, we are, we're just going to lay it out there. No preamble, no foreplay. We are talking about the freaking Star Wars The Last Jedi, Episode Eight just came out we've all seen it and we're gonna review it good bad or bullshit style with one of those verdicts each and i'm looking forward to talking about this so needless to say movie you know, there will be spoilers this is not oh, yes. a spoiler free discussion so, this is a massive spoiler discussion so this is consider oh, yeah. this last exit here uh because past this and probably a couple of sentences hereafter, we're going to go deep into spoiler territory. Yeah. So if you have not seen the movie, do not listen to the show. Listen to it later, after you've seen the movie. Yeah, that's a, that's good advice, Crofton. And uh, so without further ado, we've said the spoiler bit. We've said what we're doing. Uh, I need some initial reactions. Well, uh, who, <laughs> I... I before just, just I, I think this is appropriate because this is the holidays. We're taking okay. a holiday from a random topic, and I'm excited to do this because I saw I saw this movie before you two guys, and uh, uh, it was really hard not to spoil it for you both, but yeah. I, I did my best, and so I've been I've been craving this moment because I've been wanting to chat about it. I've been bugging so, my wife. So you saw wife. it first. I've been bugging. I have I questions. I, I want to know. 
I want to know. Well, you seem like you want to say things, but I want you to answer a question for me about the movie. Okay. Okay. Well, so thanks for not letting me tell you my, what I was going to say. But go ahead. All right. Go ahead. All right. You tell me that it seems okay. It seems important. Well, it wasn't even. It's more like so. I watched this movie and I left, and then I, I, you might you guys will recall that I sent you a little message on our chat where all I wrote was, "Old oh, man," and yeah. dot 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 mm-hmm. because I was the movie. I was like. I don't know what I think about this. And it dominated my thoughts for like 24 hours. And I kept bugging my wife. I'd be staring off in the distance. She's like, are you thinking about Star Wars? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> thinking about Star Wars. And I'm still kind of processing it. So yeah. it, was just like, it was a weight on me, this movie. Hmm. Okay. So, well, that's what I wanted to get at. Right when the credits roll, the lights come up. What are what is going through your head? Were you smiling? Did you smile when 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 you first get hit with the Star Wars thing? No, when the credits come up, the movie's finished. Are you the lights oh, come up? No. Are, you, are you smiling? Are you? So sorry, I missed it. So contextually, for me to answer your question in the most long-winded way possible, um, I saw the movie. Hmm. Well well after I knew that there was a furor around the movie. So I, I saw it in, uh, like I saw it yesterday for the first time. And so I knew there was a lot. I was avoiding it online. The one thing I couldn't avoid is that it was divisive. Critics had come out earlier. I checked the Rotten Tomato score. I knew it had done extremely well. I was excited. Um, I also have voiced to you guys on multiple occasions, including on the show, on the Star Wars episode, um, that that the entire idea of a new tr- trilogy focused on Skywalker, Solo, Leia, all that, all of that, uh, stuck in my craw the wrong way. I felt they could have gone in a complete different direction, done a whole new thing with new bat, n- no baggage whatsoever. Um, the fact that they've shown what's happened for the past thirty years since the happy ending of Return of the Jedi, all of that is for me. Um, was was depressing when I saw The Force Awakens, which is genuine, genuinely a joyful movie, The Force Awakens, for the most part, aside from the death of Han Solo and all that. But it still has this un- overtone of like a lot of bad shit has happened to these characters that you like for the past 30 years. It felt to me like this was the movie where everybody finally got that. Um, and uh, and uh, I was so – so that didn't surprise me. So when I watched the movie, and knowing that there was the furor going on, I was determined to be like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this movie. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy it like a Star Wars, uh, like a you know, like a kid. I don't want to be a 37 year adult. I want to go in there and enjoy it like, like a kid, and be like, this is awesome. So I walk in, and the movie starts, and the very first scene in the movie is super awesome. So it it has like an X-wing going down on a uh, on this dre- new dreadnought <laughs> class class ship and taking out all its cannons and like Freezing. just flying through it with this hot hot shot pilot and all that sort of stuff. Really awesome. I'm like, you know, like I'm I'm totally in and I'm like, "Oh man, I can just, you know, I can just check out. I'm like, I can just have a good time here. This is going to be awesome." Um and then the next scene they pretty much go to to the end of The Force Awakens with, with Luke meeting Rey, the main character of that movie. 
And, you know, he's a curmudgeon old guy, much in the way Yoda kind of was on Dagobah and Empire Strikes Back. He immediately throws the lightsaber away, w- which seemed like a little bit of a defiance of expectations, which is where the movie was going to go a lot further. And I was still on board. I was like, oh, man, this is great. But right around that point, I started thinking a lot. My brain started working a lot while I was watching the movie. And I kept telling my brain, shut up. I'm like, let me just enjoy this movie. Let me just be like, this is, you know. But then I started thinking about things a lot. And I couldn't stop. And and uh, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And there were moments where I'd be like, man, this scene is awesome. And I was really into it. But I kept thinking about things. And when... And when the to, an, to get to your answer, Bo, when the when it came up, I didn't have a smile on my face because, and it wasn't due to Luke dying, who I had come to terms with as soon as this thing was going to start. I knew he was dead. It it had a lot to do with, with with just like I had parsed so much of this movie in my mind already, and I was like thinking to myself, "There's some major problems here," and and the biggest problem of them all is that I am not able to enjoy this movie as an adult anymore without seeing all these things on a first viewing. And that is more of a problem probably to do with me and being an adult than it, and, and less to do with the actual Star Wars movie. And that's what frustrated me when I walked out because I enjoyed it. Pardon me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I enjoyed lots of individual bits of it too. But I just, my brain was working too hard and I realized if I was young me that wouldn't have happened my brain wouldn't have been working like that I would have just enjoyed it you know and uh, I'm not sure how but, much pro- problem that is with the movie and how much that's a mind before arguments start I have to get my impression in unless you wanted well, to continue I didn't give mine did I but anyways go ahead well yeah your your connection got well we were asking you what happened when the lights went up that's I thought that's... yeah well I'll go after you you went already. <laughs> but I, I thought you just said my connection shot. So what? Okay, that's yeah, we it. caught most of it. No, no, over. fine. Okay, we don't know. No, no, no. You, you go ahead. I want you to go ahead. No, no, no. You were gonna start. Um. All right. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the movie as like the way Crofton said. I thought, I thought it was a lot of fun while I was watching it. I looked over at my family members during the viewing, being like, "Hey, oh, this is cool, right?" There's a lot of like. That movie was really fun to watch. But I don't know about you, but my experience of the movie started after seeing it, which was like, I kept thinking about the movie and it kept pissing me off. And like, I had sleepless nights thinking about this movie. And I haven't really felt that way about a movie. Now, keep in mind, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it like I enjoyed another movie this year, Blade Runner. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. And then uh, Star Wars, this new one, and then when I was done with it, I've been wrestling with how I feel about it ever since, up until this point. Um, which is actually a really new experience for me. So that's, you know, I left a smile like, that was good, let's go. And then we started, everyone started talking about the movie outside of the theater. And then the more we talked about it, the more we were like, oh. Uh. Yeah. I mean, like, my general impression right after was not one of, I didn't, I wasn't smiling, I was like, I kind of it probably had a scowl on my face and not one not one of like oh it was distasteful but one of almost kind of like confusion of like I don't more like I don't feel good is 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 just how I thought but I also had that at the end of the force awakens too in the same way that I think Crofton articulated where it's like 
you know, I've come around to his way of thinking. I didn't start that way of like, yeah, why didn't they just leave well enough alone? Um, and it, it's it's a little bit like what I appreciate what Crofton was saying is like, look, if it was young me and I was just watching this movie, I wouldn't have these same feelings that 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 I have now. But the fact is, like that situation is is like a it would it would never have existed because because there are, I mean, six other movies. Uh, that, that precede these ones. So, I mean, if you want to discount the prequels, which I'm happy to do because <laughs> nobody likes them that much, uh, but there, there is baggage there. It, there, there just is. And it's like, if you take your kid to see this movie and they never saw anything else star Wars related before. Sure. Uh, but then at some point they might go back and watch this and be like, Oh yeah, hmm, those, those other movies were good. Well, potentially there's more there. You know what I mean? When you watch the original trilogy, that's it. And I always think that with some of these things, um, part of the magic of franchises like this, like so many of them, is what you don't know is is where I think a lot of the magic comes from. And the more you fill in those details, the more that starts to break apart a little bit. And, uh, and I think that's a little bit what's happening here. There's just there's too much Star Wars. And like like I like it, and I wanted to see more. But the one thing that I was certain of was that they were never going to please everyone with this movie. That was, I think everybody knew that yeah. they were going to please some people, not everybody. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't please me. And I'm not saying that I wanted it to just be like, Oh yeah, Luke Skywalker just kicks ass. and is like the best, but it's more like there was stuff established. It's like you're, it's like you're playing a game or something or starting something new. And someone gives you a whole bunch of valuable resources. And then you just like put them in the toilet Okay. It's kind of like okay. why would you exploit okay. those resources <laughs> and exhaust them? Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't use them to put over new things. You can, but exhaust those resources. Don't be. I felt like they were too eager, and and I would say that in the first uh, in the Force Awakens, the death of Han Solo, I think was well poised. It there's no secret that Harrison Ford wanted out and I think it worked well and would have propelled the series. Oh, I thought, I think... But to have killed Luke Skywalker, it seemed yeah. wholly pointless. Maybe what? this, I would want to maybe get this right away. See, wholly pointless. Uh, and in the sense that like, I'm a little bit like, okay, Kylo Ren, he's like wanted one thing to kill Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker's like, okay, I'll just kill myself. So it's like mission accomplished, Kylo Ren, and you were never at any risk because all I did was show you an image to give like thirty people a chance. It was there were so many problems with that well, outcome. Yeah, let's well, let, irritate. Let's scale it back because I've had a lot of time to think about why, this. Why? I'm gonna that's, jump that's, right that's, into that. No, that's because you have a long term, and and I, I have I I've spent a long time thinking about this as well, and I've distilled it to the one thing: the movie's good. The thing that I find frustrating about the movie is that I enjoyed it. I want to watch it again. I thought there were some really great moments in it. I liked when Luke looked at C-3PO and C-3PO goes, Master Luke, and he just winks at him. Like There's these kind of like awesome little moments in there that are nods to things. But fundamentally, if you're looking at Force Awakens in this movie, I like what they did with Han. You know, they had problems with their kid. Instead of dealing with it, Han goes out smuggling and, you know, doing like it's that seemed consistent with what a shittier version of their future might look like. He runs away. I love what they've done with Leia. She's become a general. She has a coven of believers. She's always kind of been had a backbone or been a strong, determined person in the original trilogy, which was 
so she continues that on in some respect here and and what i what disappointed me about this movie is that they didn't write luke right i went to starwars.com today and i filled out a a questionnaire it tells you what character you are okay and i even tweeted i or didn't tweet it I, I shared this in our slack earlier today it said to me you're luke skywalker based on the answers and they described him if you had it your way, you'd spend your days in a cave meditating. But when others need your help, you'll always do what's right. That's Luke. Luke, in the original series, had to face Space Hitler in the entire Empire. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to show up and I turn him because I believe. And I'm going to do the right thing whether or not it's going to get me killed and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and, okay, I, I liked the story part about where... Listen, Kylo's a bad egg. Maybe they do have to kill him, and they have to confront it. Everything up to that point, I'm like, okay, okay. He has a moment of weakness. I'm with this. But the moment he starts being a, oh, my God, I can't save or help or do anything. Yeah. Let me go be – that is not Luke was Luke always tempted towards the dark side in the original trilogy. They show the temptation. But he's, he resists it, but he always is like yeah, – sure. And that's some immaculate person who can't be tempted yeah, but, to the dark side. But he goes and hides himself in an aisle. I hated that. I, okay, yeah. hang on. Let me be selfish. Okay, it's been like decades since the original trilogy. We're actually getting Luke Skywalker back for these films. Force Awakens comes out. Finally, get to see Luke. No Luke. You got to wait one whole other movie, extra two years. And you know what that made me feel like as an expectation? Oh man, it's good when Luke comes here. It's gonna be good because they're not even gonna use him in movie one. It's gonna be incredible. Movie two comes around. He's a big ass sissy. And he doesn't even have the balls to face Kylo in person. He for he uses a force trolling maneuver where he pretends he's really there but not. And like it is the worst thing I could possibly imagine yeah. for Luke. Just, and I hated I would, it. And I hate it now. It's, yeah, so uh, okay, no, that point. Alright, like, I got it out of my system. I agree. That's well, okay. Like touching on something, I agree. I agree, I agree with you basically, and um, a couple points that are I think key to who Luke is, and this is why like I'm appeased at Rian Johnson uh, for for, Johnson. for writing <laughs> for writing Luke this <laughs> way. You should have spelled it right. right then. Uh, anyways, so it's like what, what you said about Luke, and you look at okay, Empire Strikes Back. It's like he leaves he leaves his training early because his friends need help. He's not ready. He goes and does it. Return of the Jedi. He's in the throne room. The Emperor, who can kind of see into his mind, says to him, you know, he, sa he says, uh, Luke Skywalker says, your overconfidence is your weakness. And he says, your faith in your friends is yours. It's who Luke Skywalker is, yeah. is, is that if his friends need help, he will go and help them, whether he's ready, whether he is going to be sacrificed. That's who that character is. Now, I'm all, all for characters change, you know? And I, I get that's what they're going to do. And I could see, you know, he tries to start this... A lot of the backstory I'm all okay with. He tries to start uh, a Jedi Academy. It goes awry. The dark side is present. The moment of weakness, yes, I'm all for that. I agree with Crofton. He's, you know, he's a person with those temptations. He's worked to overcome them. I like that about him. But this whole like, okay, I'm done. Never again will I help anyone. I'm like, I just don't. It's one of the bases of his character, and I don't believe that it's crushed yeah. by Co that one moment. Combination of two things. It's his character, and also it's the only two hours of Luke Skywalker I'm going to get in 
that's yeah, it. Yeah, the selfish that's part it. of me too. That's I'm all like, I get. Fuck okay. you. Like, fuck you. Like, and I, I was thinking like, so again, the Ryan Johnson, I'm peeved at. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like this is what, have you guys ever done the improv? Yeah. Okay. So improv, you're doing an improv scene with somebody. There's ways to do it to make it all work, which is if someone starts something, you kind of, you kind of work with it and you go ahead. If you want to be a dickhead and you're doing improv, you you cut off all the leads that that person started, and then you take in a completely different direction. That's oh, how I, to ruin improv. I see what and you're getting. And I just feel at. a little yeah. bit like that's what Rianne Johnson did, where J.J. Abrams, whether you like what the the direction he pointed it or not, he pointed in a few directions, and Rianne Johnson was like, "All right, uh, f you, f you, um, I'm going this direction," and it was like, "Okay," and I felt like he had to. He had to really twist things to make that work, and I think, and he was only doing it to exert more control because I don't think ultimately, like some of these things I thought were a stretch. It was like he just quashed a whole bunch of kind of seeds that J.J. Abrams had planted, and even if he wanted to take it in a different direction, he could have done it in a more, in a better way than what he did. Like I mean, everyone says the the Ray thing where he's just like, "Oh, your parents are nobody." Okay, nobody. You know that was a that's mystery. not for sure though. Well, the, that's what I'm saying. So I think in the next movie, it's possible, I guess it's J.J. Abrams again, who might be like, you know what? And again, this is like bad improv where it's like someone has just ruined all your leads and then you come back in and say, ah, I'll just undo your things. I mean, in some ways, Luke, maybe he's not dead. You know, it could, you could be that. Uh, that <laughs> maybe he happen. teleported somewhere. No, he'll be, a for, he'll be a force ghost in the next one. Uh, we know that. But That's Croft, a guarantee. Anyway, but we've been going on long enough. I want to get Crofton to weigh in on yeah, Crofton, what he thought about it's the It's very difficult to get in here. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, we got to moderate will, a little bit. So go ahead. I will say that I almost disagree entirely with the Luke Skywalker stuff. It's To me, it's like um, you guys should have known this at the end of the last movie. Like They did it already with Han Solo. They've done it. They, the, In terms of like where the characters have been, they needed to reason for him being somewhere for the past 30 years for you to expect that he was exiled for an island for 30 years self-exiled made himself really hard to find the whole goal of the force awakens was to discover a map and then in the last shot i oh he didn't want anyone to find him oh he's out you know by himself like you know i i mean like that i knew that that i got the exact luke luke skywalker that i expected um that that said i i agree that it's like it's not it's a bit of a it's a bit of a slap in the face if 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 your entire reason for investing in these star wars movies is these characters right um and uh and i i can get that but my bigger problems with the movie was when i started thinking about it as a movie and uh and uh i started thinking about it being like okay let's imagine for if if for a second that Luke Skywalker is just some legendary Jedi, le- um, you know, John Smith, legendary Jedi, John Smith. And the whole, there, that there is no Leia, that there's no, like maybe there's R2 and C3PO and they're connected, but they do a whole new story and it's about going to get this reclusive Jedi and all that. And it's not Luke Skywalker. It's just some some guy. But like the whole plot is the same or more or less. They just don't use people from our childhood. I'm like, so I, I to detach myself. Oh, I see myself, what you're saying. If it was like today, if it was Ian McKellen or something. Yeah, let's just say. Let's say they made this whole series take place 3,000 years in the future or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're still a Kylo Ren. There's still, still all these Ray, characters. But, but, they're, but, but the, 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 the 
actors we know are not played by them, and they're not those characters. It's and not, they're not those characters. It's a Jedi Jedi Master Gandalf who's exiled. Yeah, you know, uh, who's on, Duke who's on powder, some. And, but the plot is crawler. the same. They have to go get this Jedi yeah, Master okay. to I'm come back that. and to help and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So that separates you from all this sort of emotional baggage. And they, and then you start think. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like. And that that stuff didn't catch me up as much as I thought. What really caught me up was the actual plot of the film, and um, hmm. and there were some things that I liked. Like I did like the concept of instead of it being another Death Star, instead of it being whatever, it's about them running out of gas. Although the logistics <laughs> of that were very troublesome, where I was like, okay, so let me get this straight. There's these Star Destroyers, and they have Tie Fighters that can only fly a certain distance. But because the ships keep flying away from them, they're not fast enough to follow at regular speed, but they can't go at hyperspeed. And anyway, like you when you get into it, you're like, oh man, this is a real big stretch. But bottom line is it's the slowest chase imaginable until the fuel runs out on the ship. It's okay. kind of a space siege. Right. I I can go with that. Let's go with it a la Battlestar Galactica or something. Like they're 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 going in their cruiser and they're running out of fuel. I'm okay. This, but then, then they they have this whole storyline that's about one third of the Force Awakens cast and this new character uh, Rose, who, who like and, and Finn and all this. They go go on this mission to to get this crypto you know hacker on this casino planet and all this. And I'm all, I'm bored for it. Like I love Star Wars for these big worlds and this big stuff and and this crypto stuff. Like sounded sounded like a cool concept. I was on board. But then like at one point when I realized like cuz it's all like a you know, a trap or whatever Benicio del Toro's character who I don't think even has a name in the film. That's DJ. Just sort of, sort of leads them in to getting caught and all this. And then uh and then I'm like, okay, but this is all going to play out somehow, right? Like, like all these things are going to connect, but they really don't. Like, I, I was looking at it, and I'm like, the only the only outcome of that storyline, and and this is a sort of a stretch that you can make, is that at the very end of the film, they have to demonstrate how the resistance, how Luke Skywalker, how they're becoming an icon in the galaxy, how they're becoming known, and they have this child who is who is on this casino planet before racing these sort of horse equivalents and they show him be impassioned and, and, and buy it. And maybe that's a little bit of a payoff for the whole storyline, but it didn't, it didn't really make sense. So that's one major storyline. And then the storyline between Ray, um, Kylo and Luke, I thought was more or less the strongest part of the movie. And it, like assuming Luke's like some, some wise Jedi master, like the whole, the whole back and forth and all that. Um, it, but then even the throne room sh uh, scene with smoke and all that, and to Mike's point about them, the the bad improv, it ref it it definitely did feel like a film that was written in response to internet theories about the first film. Now J.J. Abrams is notorious for planting mysteries and never resolving them in all his products, including Lost and all this sort of stuff. So like, who's who's raised parents? Who is Smoke? What Smokes? Snoke. You know, how did he get Snoke. to be Not Smoke, Snoke. <clears throat> Excuse me. How did he get to be where he is? It doesn't matter, like, is what is what Ryan Johnson is saying. Like Ryan these Johnson. Are, these these are just uh <laughs> characters that are like 
meant to be played with for the development of the core characters in his mind, like the Kylo Ren's and, and what have you. And so, like, for me, it, there was a lot of scenes that I liked and I really admired the ability to take risks because there was a lot of risks taken in this film. It it just it just didn't uh, didn't work necessarily for me on the nostalgia level, and we talked about nostalgia last episode, and it didn't really work for me on the actual logistically plotting level. And I get maybe there's a message there that not everyone's a hero, and not everybody can like you know like Poe took took over the bridge and is like doing this thing, and you think as the viewer that he's right, and then he gets stunned, and there's this bait and switch played and oh no this lady who was just introduced this movie she's the hero and now she's dead and we don't care about her anymore like and admiral akbar dies in one shot on the bridge but like they don't really care about him you know there's just there's just a lot there's just a lot of weird um plotting uh, well, plot it. holes, frankly, and 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 to the thing about there's a couple things that we, I'm not gonna, I'm going to forget them all as I talk, but like, so his thing about like Snoke and you know making it not uh, who cares who he is, it's, it's, like that's that's not true. Like whether or not you explored in the movie, it it is important to know where he came from, and I approach this from a I've mentioned before that I that I had studied screenwriting. I went to school for that for a bit and writing in general. And one thing people will tell you who know about writing or whatever, you can have a, you, you, if you're writing something you need to know. So, so in theory, somebody knows whoever wrote these characters, they should know. Yeah, that's going to, it's going to be a comic book or a, a novelization. That's, like we'll get that story. Well, eventually. no, but, but I mean, but the point is it's, it's not about someone later on novelizing it and, and making up themselves. The people who put that character there, they should know exactly how he did. And George Lucas knew about how Palpatine came to power. And that's what made it mysterious. And, it, and in the first movies, you don't know anything about the Emperor. He reveals it all in the prequels. But George Lucas has that story in his head. Because if you're writing something like that, you need to know it. And you'll hear people like uh, George R. R. Martin talk about this stuff in Game of Thrones, where there's all these characters that you only see a snippet of. He knows their backstories. He knows those details. They're important, whether or not you ever explore them. And I feel like Rianne Johnson made a point of cheap writing in a sense that, like, I feel like it's clear that not only has he not honored things that were publicly known about about some of these characters, uh, it feels like he also just snubbed some of the some of what was laid out as implied in The Force Awakens. And I felt like he didn't do a good job of 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 putting a, a kind of cap on them. Like, again, he didn't have to tell us where Snoke came from, but I think he was just being cheap, like the bad improv of just like, get rid of him. Doesn't matter. Her parents are nobodies. Doesn't matter. It was just like he sloughed them off because he was focused on, on, on. It was like plot without knowing the backstory okay, is on. weak. Before and we I think get it too shows deep, through. It, before we get too deep into the pretension, though, Star Wars doesn't have good plot. <laughs> like, like I mean, we can't hold it to this standard. Like its plot was bad. Like, like the other movies well, look, aren't riddled with point, plot holes. Like, because I would, that's I would disagree. The point. Uh, it has strong structure, uh, and. It always has. The first three movies are a classic three-act structure. The first film is a classic hero's quest. It's structurally plot, very well structured and sound. And so, and no. I would, what I would say to you, Bo, is <laughs> no. that I, is that I have seen. It's true. And if you look at the structure of story, you would see that it's actually quite well put together. Um, some of the prequels maybe less so. 
but uh, um, but what I would say is I've seen some headlines around this, which and they they kind of infuriated me. And this is kind of backs up what you're going to say. Was I saw a few headlines, different places saying this is the most intellectual Star Wars movie. This one, and I was like, okay, it's not an intellectual franchise. That's not what it it has never been. That it's never tried to be that. Uh, it's been adventure and swashbuckling and fantasy. That's what it's tried to be. And then to try to make it intellectual, like him introducing this stuff about like, oh, look, the people in the casino, they play both sides. They're selling arms. I'm like, yeah, all right. You're trying to like bring the shades of gray. You're trying to Game of Thrones up Star Wars. I'm like, it's not that. It never was. It was like there's dark and there's light and there's tension between them. And I, I mean, I can appreciate that in, in certain places, but that's not what Star Wars ever tried to be. And, and I feel like him alone... Rian Johnson <laughs> is like, Johnson. I'm going to make it this now. Now, There's I, I, I disagree with that, too, although I, okay, I would say in this, in this movie, it's been in your face. But, like, the prequels were rife with the, you know, American Empire allegory. And the the and it's less obviously in the original trilogy, but the Empire was intended to represent the United States and their war mongering ways. But that's less obviously painted than in the prequels. Like that, that undertone is there. I agree with you. It's heavy. I always thought in the original trilogy they were all British. They were meant to represent the British Empire, and the rebels were the Americans. George Lucas is American. Like it's America. It's clearly the Republic. Come on. <laughs> like they're both literally called the Republic. No, I, I, I I'm just that's... saying in the first movie the the evil empire is the the closest. If real world thing is the 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 British Empire, not the American. I mean, you probably could fit both. I, I think it's very. I think it's at its most subtle in the original trilogy. I've only read a few things mentioning that that was contained in source treatments or something like that. But like, it's clearly in your face in the prequels, and it's now here too. I'm not saying I liked it anymore. Like, uh, Mike, the, you're, yeah. you're right that like I found it irritating that it was like. Oh, here we've got all the true villains, the ones who are apathetic. Like, so what are you saying? Kylo Ren's not that bad? It's like, these people are not, they're citizens. They make weapons, leave them the hell alone. They're not bad guys. They're opportunists. And like, so are you at war with them too now, Rebels? Like, and Mike's point is that it has nothing to do with Star Wars, which I agree. It's got nothing to do with the Star Wars I, I also agree, but and I also agree that that was heavily the shades of gray concept was heavily brought in in the prequels. That was something that they were like, oh, you know, and I've mm-hmm. never been a fan of shades of gray in Star Wars. And I, and and also, I really do feel like Mike, Mike used the term like a Star Wars movie for intellectuals or whatever. I think this is a Star Wars movie being made for adults. Cause say what you will about the prequels, they were made for kids, right? Like when when uh, you know Phantom Menace came out, and people had been busting for a Star Wars movie forever, and then it's like Gungans getting their heads zapped in pod racers or whatever. People were rolling their eyes and being like, "Oh, this is annoying." But these movies are clearly being made for fanboys, uh, in you know at top of mind. The, the fact that both the Snoke thing and the Ray's parents thing, the two big dangling 
mysteries after The Force Awakens that had the internet abuzz or whatever were both handled in the way that they were handled shows to me that the writing of this and while Ryan Johnson was the, the, the you know, he's the main guy, Kathleen Kennedy and, and the Lucasfilm group, they oversee all this. He couldn't uh, he couldn't have done anything that he wanted to do without their um, green light. So they were, you know, more than aware of what was going on. Um, oh, he I, has I, the only credit. As a writer, yes. Yeah. But, but he needs to get permission to do these things. Sure. Right? But, but I mean, there was, I think, so, three writers on the last one. Yeah. Oh, potentially. Yeah, and, but it's, and, it's just, this is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, you have people yeah. on the director writer credits, but the production house is taking yeah, a lot yeah. of control. It's being it's being overseen and managed, and and uh, I just think that it's a mo- it's a movie being uh, like these things obviously are corporate monstrosities. We all we all know that. This one I just felt from one viewing, and I've only had one viewing, felt sloppy and um, in the in the plotting. Because getting back to the plotting, um, if you watch like Empire Strikes Back. And you clip out any individual scene, you could say that this scene has purpose. This is where it's going. This is where things are. This is how the plot is advancing. You know, there's a bunch of scenes on in in this last movie that if you just show me this scene and and said like you could clip this entire scene out of the movie, would it change anything? I'd probably say no. You know, like there's there was a bunch of scenes where I was like, this scene is pointless. Really doesn't yeah. really doesn't do anything. And I will be honest, I felt that movie was over long. And I'm not somebody who checks his watch as much during movies, but but this was the one, and especially during the Star Wars movie. But like the throne scene in Return of the Jedi, which they played beat for beat in the elevator using the exact same li- language as Return of the Jedi. Um, uh, is the culmination of that film. But in this film, it is not. It's like there's a throne room scene. There's a big battle with with guards, like Imperial guards. Like, that was awesome. It's not, By the it's way, not, you guys have been shitting on the throne room scene. I think it's the best part of the movie. It is a good scene. I like, I like <laughs> that one. I didn't shit on that one. Oh, I just think, like, uh, again, it's like, it's it's a, I guess it's a good scene in... In, in terms of like visual splendor, I have to say right now that this movie looks amazing. Possibly the best Star Wars has ever looked. The cinematography, the colors, everything, uh, the planets, the creature design, just amazing. Like always looked nothing um, shy of uh, stellar. But in the throne room, um, instead of two characters, like in Return of the Jedi, you may recall um, when when the Emperor... A- Emperor sort of was getting down to business with Luke and Vader. He signaled to his Imperial Guard and they walk out. They they get in the elevator and they leave. The idea is like, get, getting back to Mike's improv theater slash analogy, it's like your extras get off the set, right? So so here, yeah, you have this wicked scene after smoke get, uh, Snoke gets smoked, um, where, they, where they, they end up like Kylo and Rey start you know fighting all these empires got uh, emperor's guards and it's all Praetorian guard it's the praetorian guard but they serve no purpose they're extras they have no character they don't they're only there to have like an awesome fight scene which is fine whatever yeah and they almost killed them yeah because (laughs) if they they didn't have that there'd literally be no saber fight scene because no there would be yeah exactly that's the the problem with plotting the the end one I, i know i guess you're right the point is that it's a problem 
with plotting. Yeah, I I, like, it, I like so, the plotting of Kylo knowing he knew that Snoke was connecting them somehow, and he he used the situation to assassinate him effectively, which I thought was yeah. which I thought was a Look, fun. I'm part not of the opposed movie. to that either. Like I mean, and you know, I, I agree a lot with Crofton. There's a lot of sloppiness in this movie, and it's to this point about the scene. It's like in in if you're again writing a. Uh, a screenplay when you're going through it I assume this thing was edited but anyone who should be reading anything is like if this scene is not progressing the plot in it or building a character you get rid of it period and I feel like they kept the whole tacked on casino thing which you could almost remove that whole part and the movie would be cleaner to keep um being busy John Boyega's character yeah yeah and it's like look I like that character it was he was not integrated well into this film he could have been he was not no, and no. and the fact that that whole thing was for naught anyways like I, I mean I'm well, okay I felt with that. that that whole thing it was important part of the Poe story which I felt was good because Poe was the like Poe story, but the Poe po story related like the, more to what was happening in the real moment. The Finn side adventure. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The, the side adventure failing, being, being like I think probably unnecessary. That had an important impact on Poe, because Poe effectively killed like killed most of the fleet, you know, due to his hastiness to. Yeah. In the original trilogy, it's, I appreciated this part, the effort at least. Let's say maybe it was well plotted or not. I appreciated the effort of, don't tell me the odds, kid, of the first movie where this movie was like, yeah, you should know the odds because you shouldn't do shit that have bad odds because that makes you a yeah. shitty leader. Well, Which maybe I don't want in my Star Wars, right? I'm not watching Dunkirk or some war movie. I'm watching laser swords and then armor guys. But like... His storyline was essentially that, you know, Laura Dern ends up having to do what she does. She was awesome in this, by the way, but I, I really liked her character. But that whole scenario ends up happening out of Poe's, you know. Her character, my, I had a huge beef with her character. Nothing to do with her personally. It just felt so superfluous in this. In, it was like uh, I had let's, to get Leia uh, to spacewalk. That was really important. Let, <laughs> let, let's let's get let's you know like remove the entire leadership contingent and have some random character that we just created who is going to die later on. Like I thought that I was mean, good. I thought I, that was good. So my other my other issue. They was, also baited you to hate her. And then yeah. make you feel like an asshole when you're wrong. And I'm like, that's Because well, they're putting you... you in Poe's perspective. That's how Poe feels. Poe's like, but... who's this new biatch in, in, in the place? And we have to undermine her because she's being, she's, you know, not see, being that, constructive. That's true, Bo. And that's something that drove me nuts because, and again, back to Mike's issue with the bad improv. So one thing that The Force Awakens did amazing, my huge beefs with The Force Awakens, and a lot of people have beefs about it not taking enough risks. And my my big beef was the fact that it existed at all. That was my big thing. With, that it revealed what what happened, and all these people had shitty lives. That I really annoyed that annoyed the hell out of me. But aside from that, what I thought it did a wondrous job of was building characters that I was immediately into and invested in. The one that felt a little bit out of place was Poe Dameron. And the reason for that was because he had an opening scene in that Force Awakens. He then crashes with him and Finn have this awesome escape scene. And then he cra the ship crashes and he's gone until for a huge chunk of the movie. So Finn and Ray and Kylo Ren 
come out as these fresh new characters and poe gets a little shine on in the end but he never really gets done well by the force awakens so this new movie starts immediately he gets a huge scene where i'm like okay you know like whatever here we're here we go by the end of that movie i pretty much didn't like finn didn't like poe and uh ray i was like okay with and Kylo, definitely, I understood a lot. He got a lot more shine in terms of attention. But, like, the the whole new cast, which really only has one other film to exist, they'll be done after the next movie, I pretty much don't care for anymore. And that's, that's, dam- wait, that's damage control. Wait, wait, there's another thing you have to walk away from this film with. Directly ties into what you said, which was there was a recurring theme. It was almost native advertising. This is just the beginning. So I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Ryan Johnson has signed on to do three more films after episode nine. Not but they're conf- not related to Skywalker trilogy yet. It's not going to end all. with episode nine. I, I don't see how it does. I don't see how I, this story does without it being complete alone. garbage. Like they kept referring to it as the beginning. I pers- my prediction, because we don't know is that the next movie isn't where Kylo meets his end and the universe is restored. It's the next 10 whatever it is they choose to do. There's going to be a TV series. I don't think so. It's going to be a long tail on this thing. The First orders they're not doing a three movie and then we're done original trilogy. Well, but you say that, but I mean... movie two. It felt like movie one. There's such a thing... But there's such a thing as a story arc, right? And it's like... And usually the... The trilogy theme is that it's an arc that resolves. It doesn't mean well, the universe no, ends because stories is, don't continue. This is Disney, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a thing, and they're not going to yeah. fuck it up with even, Star Wars. Most of their things resolve. <laughs> and even they have these big arcs that, that it resolves. No, I know, Look, but they're I, like I 50 movies saying, deep. Oh, I, they're 50 movies deep, and you're cracked if you think it's over with the next film. I would bet you $5,000 today, this is how certain I am, that this that the Ray Kylo Poe Dameron Finn story is over after episode nine. They might get their own solo movies every once I'll in a while. I'll take you on that bet. That's an easy five thousand dollars in my pocket. But see, I think that you're <laughs> not so easy. I don't. Easy. I don't. I. Are you kidding? Like, are you kidding? No. Bo, how many Marvel movies are there? Bo, I don't think you're understanding how movie like you can make Star Wars movies without they're, using the same characters. Ray, they're going to be there longer because people get grow attached. How many movies has no. uh, but, um, but but Iron that, Man? But Bo, that point right there is is destroyed because of what we're talking about. You're like people are going to like these characters. They're just killing off the characters we already like. Well, they don't care no, about they're that. They're killing they're gonna, off the old characters. None of the it new doesn't ones. matter. Those these are going to be the new old characters. If you think How they're going to keep so them around sure for thirty that. years, you're wrong. You guys are like this like, is like talking about movies from thirty years ago. It's not how movies are done. It's not trilogies yeah, anymore. Like, but the point being, I is, know how movies are done. But it's not <laughs> trilogies anymore. There's Ray is not story not over with the next film. I, See, I they could likely. they could definitely do another in in you know in ten years or whatever do it do a ten years forward trilogy. <laughs> okay, That's possible. Okay. But the next <laughs> Rian Johnson trilogy that you're talking about, he has gone on the record to say it is going to be not involved in any way with the Skywalker. Yeah, side I know that too. That, that doesn't mean his... his movies are the only ones, right? Like, I, there's going to be more after this. I, I Ray has got to be continuing on. She has no story yet. There's literally nothing. Well, and that's and that, but see, but they that's found her in a thing. junkyard. She swung a lightsaber. Yeah. She talked to Luke Skywalker. Like, there's nothing. And they're but not making them make I mean, the same that, mistake. Okay, look, 
that can help bring it back to like we're getting off on where this thing's going and let's bring it back to maybe this movie a little bit and and at some point i'm like ray a little bit where it's kind of like at one point i was kind of like what why is she you know what's her motivation or what's she doing it's 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 really unclear and usually with the main I character thought it was very clear she wants to know who her parents are well they're and nobody she wa- and she well now now she's a, she, yeah she, i know but that was her motivation and then her motivation was controlling this power that awakened with her in the in in the last one that's scaring her you know like i mean she, her was, motivation was she was one of the characters that was most clearly defined in terms of motivation right so i mean but the point so the you talked about the first movie her motivation was finding her parents and again back to like how you write a screenplay it's like your main character has to have a motivation something they're trying to achieve that you understand that a viewer understands and it's like this movie basically just said oh yeah that thing it it's nothing nothing uh, she wasn't out to find her parents it was, she was waiting was on the planet for heavily. Her she wants she to was like so the point yo so, this but, stuff we're doing is keeping me from waiting okay. for my parents so ryan johnson i'm gonna try to say it right so the bow can stop having to fit every time i say it the way i thought it was pronounced uh if he's listening he's not gonna take kindly he's not to, listening if you to don't this. get his name right so um <laughs> the the point is like so he, so he was like oh, I don't care about the parents thing it's done I'm 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 quashing it they're nobody I mean some people have put forward like oh he could be lying you know it's Kylo Ren he's dark he's evil he could be just telling her a big lie and, and bear in mind that movie spent a lot of the time on the parents thing like she talked about it she went into that you know dark side temple and in, in much the same way as Luke had that episode in Dagobah with the mirrored versions yeah, of herself yeah I don't believe there, that story. There, there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of time. It was only in the thr- at the end of the throne room s- scene that they had a re- resolution. And either that resolution is that her parents are nobodies, which is which is fine and shows that she's been repressing repressing this and his emotional growth for her as a character, or uh, or he's lying. In, in ways to manipulate her to the dark side, which is also a very, you know, uh, it gives us something to think about between movies. Yeah. Or or they repeat episode one and she's immaculately concepted that they can also just toss that in and she's just born <laughs> into the universe. Well, okay, Anakin so, so say, um, okay, so another thing that i was thinking about was it like the first movie it's like it's like they set up when you read the credits okay in in force awakens it starts with like luke luke skywalker has vanished and keep in mind it's not like he, he hasn't been isolated for 30 years it's not been that long no because he had so, the jedi academy and like he's yeah what, kylo 60? ren was already in an older you know you so know, maybe let's let's assume it's five years or something like that it's not that long he's been yeah. gone and it's not clear why he's gone so these are like mysteries, and and it, and it's a and it's a it's a big goal everyone has. Stop, get Bo. I can see you. You want to cut me off? Just let me hear me out a little. You guys bit. take a long time and say. I'm so looking many words. at you. I'm trying to I'm trying to get a point you out, and then I'd like to hear what you you guys respond to. Uh, so, it's stated as his goal. They're trying to find the whole first the whole first movie is about trying to find Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He's important. It's made very clear. They're like, we need him. This thing has grown back. We we need this guy. He's the only Jedi. It's important. We don't know why he's on this island. Then in this movie, it's like, it's like, and at the end of the first movie, we still don't know why he's there. They they exchange this look, and some people have pointed again. I mean, I read this thing about the whole Ryan Johnson giving fu's to J.J. Abram with the the throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder because it's like it, they say if you watch that last scene, 
and Luke Skywalker takes the the lightsaber from her. There's like these heavy. There's a lot of there's there's some heavy exchanges of just glances and facial expressions, and then he's just like, oh yeah, I just throw it over your shoulder, and and he's taking it in a completely different direction. And and again, that's you know uh, maybe okay or whatever. But what I want to come back to is is again just what. So why did he go away? And we learn in this movie that's because he just is given up. He's closed himself up from the force. He's done with everything. He's gone there to die. That's what we get told. Whereas in the first movie, you're like, uh, and and you're like, well, we don't know why. He's found this. They imply that it's the place where the Jedi first started. So who knows what he's been after? This is all up in the air at the end of the first one. And now we and now we've learned that he just went there to kind of like while away the years until he died i'm pretty sure you knew it i knew it after the first one he was like well i I knew that he was that he was kind of broken spirited so he was looking for this maybe answers at this place yeah i can see that i watched because i watched force awakens before seeing it and me too and and there isn't like definitely the whole knights of ran and and kylo overthrowing seemed like it would be a low point and going into hiding sort of makes sense but you can read into it that he didn't go to mope and become a recluse. He he could have. Yeah. The Jedi is all the time, like especially in the Clone Wars, it happens a lot. They go to ancient Jedi planets to find answers that they can't solve. Yeah, to find answers or learn so, new things about the Force. Like, and again, so and then so I would say in yeah. this movie, this is my last bit, and I was like, okay, so this movie starts. It's like she's there now. It's like it's like what her new goal for this movie, at least in theory, in my mind, was like, okay, like her goal now is to either learn the ways of the force from Luke Skywalker or convince him to come back and help and help the the, the rebellion. Now, you could argue that she did do that. He did make a il- illusion that bought them 10 minutes it was the shittiest uh, help you could, like, he, could po- he gave like the worst it. amount of help he possibly could it's just so dis- uh, disappointing yeah. uh but but the point the the thing is it's like she largely fails at it and that she basically abandons him she gives she's like okay i'm taking these books and i'm flying away because you're 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 done luke skywalker and all he does is like project this image and then kill himself so that kylo ren gets what he wants without having to uh, exert any actual effort to do it yeah. it just seems like such a waste where I'm like, they didn't. Now, so that's the question. These are my it. thoughts. It's not a direct question. It's just like it, it sounded like, like a qu- was to convince. It sounded uh, like you, it was a question, but then I got to episode eight of the thing you were saying, and <laughs> and then you were there <laughs> talking. So you're like, just I, give I me a second. I'm getting to like, the question. Like, my question is kind of like. Do you feel like they set something up and then didn't deliver? And, and that's how I feel yeah, a little yeah, bit, like yeah. that they were like, oh, this thing's going to happen with Luke Skywalker. And then they're like, oh, no, it's just nothing. Yeah, and I felt like concise. there was a whole bunch of those in this movie. It was like, you thought this, but it's nothing. And that happened like three times. I'll keep movie. my answer concise so Croft can weigh in because I think I already said that, that yes, Luke Skywalker was disappointing to me. There was a setup there. I didn't get it. The Snoke thing, I hated at first, but I actually like it. Because I like that he's kind of insignificant in a way to the story. There's there's something kind of awesome about the Snoke thing that I was upset about at first, but when I thought about it, made sense. As well as the parents thing. I'm kind of okay with that because that leaves that question open. The Luke thing, though, travesty. We waited years. I just want Luke to wield a lightsaber and be awesome and get killed in the way that yeah. Jedis do. 
Okay. And not with like a projection with yeah. Grecian formula like, on his beard. He's like, hey, all right, come on. And he does the shoulder thing. Yep. He's like, your fucking lasers can't defeat a Jedi master. And then he's like, kidding, not here. And then oh, they, all they needed was Rick Astley to show up and be like, You're, never uh, going to give you up. Never going to hold you down. And Kylo's like, no, I've been Rick wrong. Anyways, you go guys are the worst. Like you're just absolute fanboying, like ragers on Luke Skywalker. I'm, I'm pissed I, I about will, that. I am I, like ten on ten pissed about Luke. Luke was. I will tell you right now. Travis. I think that my I have one beef with Luke, the Luke Skywalker, and I'm but but and I'm going to talk about it later because I need to to go uh, on his de- defense. I thought if they're going the angle that they're going which to me i don't i don't understand where everybody's like after the force awakens like oh we didn't know why he was on this island yes we did he was training kylo ren kylo killed all his pupils they had a flashback to it in the force awakens luke's really upset he isolated yeah they didn't spell it out in minute detail but like we knew he was uh, he was on exile to this island or whatever and to yeah so more he's, awesome clearly so, so, so he's so yeah they've set that the character they had to do something with them they they've already slayed all these cards in the force awakens i was totally prepared for all of the, all of that stuff mark hamill delivered the best performance that he has delivered as luke skywalker agree you, agree was, hey agree okay i'm not, I'm not done though. He so he. I know. He was, I know you're not done. There's only been ten minutes. He was he was amazing at, at, as Luke Skywalker and uh, and really brought like emotional uh, poise to, to the to the role. And then when he pulled what he pulled at the end, and, and so I told both of you guys I think last time um, that the way Luke Skywalker was gonna pretty like as soon as this trilogy was announced he was going to have an Obi-Wan Kenobi moment where he's going to be standing there. Somebody's going to swing it sore. His robe was going to fall to the ground. And then his force ghost was going to be with him. And, and this movie was a series of de- defying expectations all over the place from the throwing the lightsaber at the beginning to everything in between Snoke. It was defying expectations left and right. So for me, that scene with Luke, because you don't know that he's an illusion until, until the end. Yes. He has different facial hair. He's made himself look exactly like, like uh, Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. No, he got a haircut by the way. he played no only his illusion. He made yeah, himself. Yeah, but they didn't know he was an way. illusion. Like if I was lay, I'd be like that fucking Luke stopped for a haircut before coming. Yeah, yeah, to come now, like, this is how I knew I was thinking too much of the movie, and I told Jesse this. I'm like, I was like, I was thinking about his haircut yeah, yeah. and how he stopped for a haircut on the way to this, yeah. and that drove me nuts. <laughs> so the fact that he was an illusion and did not stop for a haircut was actually a huge plus. But like when when so that whole scene. Again, a visual masterpiece with the salt and the blood planet crate and and all the AT-ATs. They're you know they're all shooting down and he's still he's still there and he walks out and you're like, bitch, please. And I'm thinking to my I'm thinking to myself like when I find out that he's played Kylo Kylo in the end, I I just thought that was super awesome. I was like, man, Luke's the man. And and then then it goes goes back to him and he's astral projected himself to do to do this thing so and. And and I thought it was super awesome. Yeah. And then then he dies, looking at the two sons that not the same as Tatooine, but an echo back to that. Coupled with scenes like where he meets R two on okay. the Falcon, where he's in the cockpit of the Falcon. Just just wait. I'm You're just, gonna you move on. I, I, I just no, want don't move no, on from this point. That's all. 
no, I'm 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 sort of in defense of the portrayal of Luke here, and, and but, so like. So Art, so you know, he's there with R two D two. He's seeing old clips from the past. There's lots of plays. Bo used the example earlier of the wink to three PO. He's got a lot of like you know little little uh, little elements. Yes, I read tons of articles where people are like, oh, it'd be super awesome if Luke came in and just pulled the star destroyer down from the sky and killed a zillion dudes. And and you know well, that's, that's the Luke Skywalker we want. It should have been yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. But I need yeah, to stop it, you. It, I need to I need to stop you because fan. No, no, look, you don't need look, to stop me. Let me finish my thought. No, because you're going to move on from that no, point of the no, conversation. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm talking in defense of Luke here. You guys have gone I know, on but about, you brought about, up something interesting, and it deserves right. a stop. Okay, fine. Fine. What is it that you want to stop my flow of conversation for? It's not conversation. It's a flow of, of monologue, okay, first yes. of all. Second of all, that <laughs> point where they're shooting a whole bunch of AT-AT cannons at Luke, and it's like, oh, it's awesome but he was really a force projection this whole time, means that Kylo believed, and Kylo's no stupido about the force, believed it was possible for an actual person to be able to withstand that amount. Like, he didn't look at that and go, even a guy good with the Jedi force could not withstand that amount of blaster fire. He's like, oh man, that shit's fucking possible. I know it is. So Luke could have still done that in person anyways. Like... So no, but why would he? Why would he endanger? Because he's like, gonna die anyway. <laughs> like, no, but there's, there's, for me, it's there and, was something more fan, epic about I it. I wanted to see him, you know, be a man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. there's something more epic about him. Him being like sort of because the whole point was Luke died at peace. He died in a moment where he's looking at the sky he got to say his goodbyes but then he also got to die in a peaceful place um by himself and to me that that is knowing that luke was going to die from the onset that was the best possible death for luke for me for him as yeah, a character dying dying in the rager of battle is 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 what what everybody seems to have wanted Dying, to see helping like, his friends and being actual Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He, did, he did help his friends, so, sort he of. Didn't he didn't help uh, them. No, he did. He helped them as much as he would have okay. if he was he actually them, he there. He helped them for two seconds. You're right. That's yeah. what he needed to do. But it was, he it needed was, to do so much. He knew Leia was at war that whole time. Yeah. He he, I mean, every, he knew that people were hurting the whole time. He was. Okay, let me get in here a little bit because this this scene is pretty prominent. I think it's okay to spend a bit of time on it. Um, I, I I'm like kind of in exactly in between you guys with this scene in that in that like my there's part of me that is I it literally flip flop my head when I think about it because I do think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that he like he can use the force project himself across the galaxy. No one thought that was possible. He's like super. I like that he's like, you know. He's become this force wielder in this different way. It's not just lightsaber. I think that was really cool. And then the other part of me is like, but it's also kind of like stupid. He's not there. He's not. Uh. So like, I, I'm. I keep flip flopping. And 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 the reason why I didn't like the whole like, okay, he wasn't really there, and that it cost him his life, is because this big stated goal of like the first order and these people is to is to have him be dead. That's what they want so much, and it's like mission accomplished. He's dead. And and then he's and when not he said, dead. He's one with the force. Whatever, whatever. Uh, no, yeah, it's so he a can, huge difference. It can show up apparently. Yeah, but arguably that would have happened anyways. No having yeah. the Yoda just he, being old he, in his bed. I do not believe that the astral projection 
is what caused him to immediately die. He chose to open himself yes. to the Force and be, mm. become one with the Force. Mm. There was a giant monologue but in this film about about the Force and what it is on a spiritual level and not about how it's owned by so-and-so or so-and-so, right? And yeah. so in the end, he closed himself off to the Force. That was a big plot point. He opened himself up and decided to become one with the Force. Sure, and and but I guess a little bit, part of what I thought was sort of, again, lame about it, uh, and again, I'm half right with you where I'm like, it's also awesome. It really is these two things for me where I, I'm like jittering between the two. Because it's also like in his, and when he's like, he's telling Kylo Ren, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, I will not be the the last Jedi. You know, I wanted him to have like a little in brackets, be like, I didn't help her at all, and was kind of a dickhead, and I'm gonna give her zero help. Uh, hopefully, those book user manuals will be pretty good. No, he doesn't know she has them. them. He he's like, he's like, I had Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda, but I'm sure she'll figure it out with the manuals. Like, okay, so I was like, okay, okay, okay. He didn't put that bracket, <laughs> in, but that's what happened. And then, and he's like, and he's like, and the rebellion is reborn today. It's like, um, again in bracket. He's like, I realized that like six hours ago we had a fleet uh, and it got all destroyed <laughs> today, uh, but now it's it's bored again today. Also, because 30 people got away in a Millennium Falcon, it's like, it also ended today, Luke Skywalker. It's like, yeah. he's like, it's all happy about it being reborn. And I'm like, if if you had acted, you know, I'm, I'm just like, you know, and this is the stuff that's a little bit infuriated in terms of plot, which is the sense that like something is like, it's like this, it's this meaningful speech. He has a rebellion's reborn. And you start thinking about the plot. I'm like, yeah, but it just. It just exploded at the start of the movie. They blew up the base. It just ended. <laughs> it's like, so I'm like, this is weak. It's very weak to have been like, now it's his hope at the end of the movie. And so and I, one, I agree 100 percent with that. So I, I agree 100 percent. But that with the plotting, but not necessarily the presentation of Luke Skywalker. Well, he was the presentation a presentation of Luke Skywalker. I also thought was great. I, I wholly echo the performance was awesome. I liked his curmudgeonliness quite a lot i just wanted to see more action and i thought that and i don't mean like lightsaber crazy battles i mean like character action him deciding that basic thing about luke skywalker that like when his friends are in need he will act he will do something and i mean he did sort of do that and this is why my head is like but not really he couldn't get off the rock we saw there was an x-wing in the water maybe he got in and it went someplace but no no it's all rusted out uh, yeah, it's true. That was some foreshadowing that went nowhere. Ultimately, was that supposed yeah. to be a misdirect? Like it was so, really it was, no, it was just how we got there. It and was like on, on so, his so the, good old so this, this is why, because of the weakness of what this delivered plot-wise, is what I think helps make it so unsatisfying. The Luke himself and doing this thing is cool, but but what it was done for was so minor in terms of and also after the fact. It was like wait till everything's destroyed, and then and then sacrifice yourself in this moment of heroic glory to save thirty people, uh, instead of the whole fleet. So, uh, you know what? I mean? It's just like that's I think what's unsatisfying uh, about it, plot wise. Um, some so other things I, that I, I thought. Okay, if you uh, want to. Well, I have a question for you guys. It's it's. So if you're unsatisfied, because this movie took a lot of risks, like I think it went in a lot of um, it, it did a lot of self-reflection into sort of Star Wars stuff. And it kind of took some plots because they have all the same pieces here, 
of from the original trilogy and they 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 sort of they rehashed or circumvented or or spun around the same plots that we've seen before a bunch. So would you have preferred because there were a lot of elements that were like pretty much cut and paste off Empire Strikes Back from the beginning the attack on the base to to all these all these things would 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 you have preferred it be a cut and paste of Empire Strikes Back um more you know she goes to see luke like luke went to see dagobah he trains her she lifts the rock or whatever like it goes through a lot of the similar motions and then and then at the end you know there's a a cloud city equivalent where they meet you know kylo ren she runs off and luke is like no stay complete your training and all this sort of stuff yeah if it had been if it had been a more cut and paste of empire strike back would you be more satisfied or are you more satisfied with this no, like, see, you know, that's a good question and say, would I be more satisfied with that? or Because I would have been wholly dissatisfied if it was exactly like Empire Strikes Back. I mean, for the record, I do think it was in the sense that it was that typical dark, uh, you know, it's the middle part of a movie. Everything that they tried to do mostly went wrong. I'm all for that in terms of plot when you're trying to, like, you put your characters in this position, shit goes wrong again and again and again. That's that's the right thing to do in this in this portion of the movie. Um, and a lot of the risks that they did take, I thought were really good. The killing of Snoke, I thought was actually a great thing to do uh, because I thought it showed, um, especially, you know, it it gave Kylo Ren this new sort of, it was like, so you had, it's like, he's the new Darth Vader. It's like, Snoke's the new Emperor. You have Rey, she's the new Luke. She's like, I'm going to go turn him to the light side. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Darth Vader's redeemed. He kills the Emperor, and he turns. He realizes his evil ways. In this one, I love that they went the other way, where he's like, "No, I killed the Emperor because I'm the shit." And now I take power. I'm that, like, okay, yeah. this is good stuff to go in a different direction, where they're saying, "No, he's not going to be turned to the light side. He's going to consolidate his own power because the dark forces surge, dark side of the forces surging him." Great decision. So some of those things risk I thought were really good. I don't want I'm not fully passing on this movie. So so that I thought was all good and that and I appreciated that Luke was like, It's not gonna go the way you you think it will because he's seen into Kylo Ren. He knows how deep it goes. So I I appreciated that kind of stuff. It's mostly the Luke Skywalker stuff that's that's unsatisfying, and it's not all that I just wanted to see him kick some ass. Uh, you know, because arguably he did a little bit. I just wanted to see him as a character used well, in the same way that Han Solo was used well in The Force Awakens. He was Han Solo. He's doing his thing. You know, uh, he was. Trying hard, you know. Shit was bad before. He was here. He was his character, and I, and I was okay with Luke being downtrodden. But I was hoping part of it was going to be Ray getting him back to himself to be like, yes, my faith a, in my I friends. Concise, is, is, I have a concise thing to add on, is, and maybe you'll agree, but I just want to throw it out there: is I expected more of a Sir Alec Guinness kind of vibe, like a New Hope vibe, right? Uncle Ben, he comes to help, guides Luke. Like, that's what I expected from Luke, ultimately. I think if you're going to say, dude, I want something new or did I want something cut and paste, I would have leaned on the cut and paste, to be honest, of A New Hope and give me Uncle Ben, except it's Luke, because that's his first father figure. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, that was a better parallel, I think. Yeah. Him, Yeah. More like, was, the, more like A New Hope. I agree. And it's not even the cut and paste that. I, I wouldn't have gone that route no, because I think just, that's weak, too. Because yeah. I, I, you can do it in... 
in a new way because it's like the first uh, new hope it's you know again the classic hero's quest and the reason these things are revisited is because they're thousands of years old as a storyline mm. and uh it's like you know obi-wan follow me on some damned idealistic crusade and him being like oh no i don't want to go you know the old person prov- trying to rouse the hero into action and this one's the opposite it's like she comes in and is like uh can you can you help me there luke and he's like no go away uh, and uh and then she just leaves and it's like so it's it's like it's a trope that's not satisfying in the sense that it, it's supposed to be the old you know the old generation hopefully imparting something to a new generation so that they have the strength to then go and do something new and and again and this is why it's so difficult because it kind of he kind of still does that because of the whole like he does show up uh, she doesn't you know, just. I'm so torn the, on that thing. But the way you're explaining it is not how it happened. She doesn't just show up and then he, and then he's like, "Get lost," and she leaves. Well, he does she, say that a bunch. Why don't you? Oh leave? my god, his yeah, lesson sucks so hard. Here, here's which, the force. Reach out with your feelings. He's like, "Jedi suck." That's lesson one. <laughs> yeah, but but like that whole speech was really really interesting about like how the ownership of the force of what the force actually is. That's, and, and, that's and, why and, I and, called Mike today at the top of the show the sequel trilogy because honestly, New Luke Skywalker reminded me the most of Mike. Like just like it doesn't belong <laughs> yeah. to you; it belongs I'm to the people. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Mike the Jedi. I want to watch <laughs> Luke the Jedi. I even look like him right now with the beard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Found, I agree, but you know, yeah, I just found that he did like he, he, he there was a similar amount of him training or informing Ray as there was of Yoda informing but, but Luke it was or the anybody. Opposite direction. He was he was fighting against her yeah. to like not learn stuff, and in the end, it was. And again, I thought this was a bit weak too. That it's like it's Yoda who shows up now. And I was a little like, <laughs> yes. the nostalgia thing of like Yoda. I was like, oh look. It's Yoda, and they use the puppet instead of like the crappy CGI, because Luke Skywalker is about to go. You know, it's like, it's like he's supposed to be old and wise now, and it's like you hope after all these years he's learned. He for surely has learned some things, but they make him like, oh no, he still hasn't learned anything. And Yoda's like, young Skywalker, you're still an idiot after all this time, and here I am, I have to do a force. But that was this. That was the same thing with Ben Kenobi. Like, he lied to Luke, essentially, and, like, you know, had to admit failure. It's all about failure. But he, but he continually, yes, and that, I thought that was okay that, that he thought that, but it's still like Luke couldn't come to that conclusion on his own. He needed Yoda to come out of the force and show him that, tell him directly, like, look, it's okay. Go, go ahead. You know, and it's like, and you'd think Luke Skywalker would have known that already because he had his share of failures already and still yeah, kept and doing things also, because his I, faith in his friends was his big thing hang on. and he, would... the, he could have I, i'm sure this isn't the only consultation of a force projection that must have happened because the thing for my first reaction to yoda was why in his why isn't his dick father anakin the one showing up why is it fucking you he turned anakin <laughs> anakin's a force ghost and anakin's yeah, like true. fuck my that's son mean. yoda you go talk to him i was like what <laughs> yeah. is wrong with this yeah, that's movie right. <laughs> i mean i didn't even think of that but that's a super good point yeah. because the whole thing was a redemption of darth vader in theory he's anakin skywalker realizes evil ways and he's the he expert on, on turning to the dark side not freaking yoda or obi-wan like Oh, you there's know, so much about this movie And kind of what we're talking about here is part of the problem with all of this. In back to uh, Crawford's It's too deep-level nerd. 
It is. Yeah. And and that's the problem with this stuff. And it's, again, coming back to, like, the magic. Uh, I really think this is true of so many of these stories. Like, when you first see the first time you ever saw A New Hope, you're like, what is this? I don't know what it is. It's new. Ah! And it intrigues you. And there's all this stuff you don't know. And it inspires you. And you want to see more and more and more. And uh oh. Probably saw enough. And there was enough there to keep the magic alive. But they're like, here's a little more. Here's a little more. Here's a little more. And now we all know so much that we're all experts on the Star Wars. Everyone who watches it, everyone's got your own ideas. And this is part of the problem with it. Because we can all sit here and pull apart the minutia of these things and be unsatisfied or agree with this decision or not agree with that decision. And that's what's the trouble with doing these things. And Crofton was you who always like, they should have never made them. And I'm coming back more to your, to your way of thinking on this. The, the, um, the, the two, two bones of contention strike us, you know, pushing the controversy a little bit about this have been two deep nerd things. One is princess Leia and, and, and going out into space. People had a really hard time. A hard time with that scene. Really, and the, I kind of like that scene. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a ton of people that were just like, "Oh, we've never seen this force thing before," and then all. Yeah, of but at the end of scene. at the end of Empire of uh, Return of the Jedi, he's like, "I'll teach you." She's shown no, you know, force powers or or abilities. Luke's been away. Like how? Anyway, bottom line is. Uh, people had tremendous issues, and then they had tremendous issues with this tracking through light speed thing, which is hilarious to me for multiple reasons. Yeah. But the number one is that it's just so deep level nerd. They're like, "Well, that was never possible before." So you know, like, but uh, but then but, my my answer to that is like in the Force Awakens, it's like as soon as the Millennium Falcon goes anywhere, Han Solo's like, "Hey, my tracking device! No, I know exactly where it is," and he shows up. <laughs> so it's like in the very preceding movie, it's like if Han Solo made a tracking device that could make him find the Millennium Falcon and, anywhere. You think the Empire couldn't have figured it out too? And and also it's just like, like s- <laughs> stuff like like the the first episode four, the the first thing is like we're caught in a tractor beam. Oh no, what are we gonna do? So the the first Death Star, this is now generations years old, had a tractor beam they could pull in ships, and all of a sudden, these giant star destroyer slash dreadnoughts are like, "Oh no, they're flying away real fast." Do you think we should activate the tractor beam? Oh, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't go for that option. Was that an option? I could have got a tractor beam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you totally could have. They've existed. They've been compacted for years. Oh, uh, I didn't, I didn't get the track. I guess we're just gonna have to drive for an entire movie after them. Um, it, it's just like you have to forget about all these things. Like you just have to be like, okay, these are the car. This is how it's being presented to you. Yeah. Just you know, roll with it. And I had no problem. I have no problems with that. And I still feel that was the part I was successfully able to detach myself from. What I wasn't was when there were giant plots and scenes that went nowhere. For me, it was just. It, uh, you know, I get, I get that it's, it might be refreshing that the heroes don't win, that they go somewhere and they go on this epic adventure, and it leads to them infiltrating a Death Star for the zillionth time. But this time, they actually get caught. Like, I get that that's refreshing or new, but like, it's not satisfying. It's not interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not even, even that was like. You know, even it's like it's like when he it's like oh let him kill Phasma because that's his arch nemesis. It all feels so strained, and even the whole and, and just stuff like you'll stuff always is, be scum. 
Yeah. Rebel scum, bitch. Rebel. <laughs> I know, it's so late. And also when someone does something stupid, and this is almost like a movie trope thing, I wish people will get, a lot, will get away from. They're like, shoot them, thousands of, of, of uh, stormtroopers. <clears throat> Wait, no, it's too good for them. Let's give an elaborate way of killing them that buys them slightly more time so that something can happen. Like, that is like, you're like, oh, okay. As soon as that happened, I'm like, groan, because it's dumb. Like, let's face it. You want to kill someone? Kill them. Every time I watch a James Bond movie and someone's like oh the laser beam and the sharks james well it's like just shoot him now if you like stop being dumb about these things you know and it's like but they can't they always have to be dumb and it's like a tell to the audience where it's like we're 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 we don't have we don't know really what we're doing we're just we're just making you watch stuff here and that's how that whole side scene felt to me they're like here's a bunch of stuff for you to watch now it doesn't really make a lot of sense, and it doesn't contribute to the story in any way or or character development. But just watch it for a while. This is like, this, is, this isn't a criticism of this movie in particular, but I would take just a Jedi centered movie. Like, forget the spaceship battles, and I have weird aliens and shit in it, but focus it on just Jedi shit. I don't need I don't need the other people element, right? Like the Finns and the Poe Dameron's. I would take just Ray, Snoke, Kylo, Luke. Leia, she's a force user. But see, that brings me back to to Bo's been sending us memes all day, and one of them is like a choose your own adventure mm-hmm. Star Wars ending because nobody's satisfied with anything. Bo's like, I would just take this, take away this, put this. It's what give I want. This. I'm allowed and to the, want things. Like, no, you are allowed yeah. to want things, but this is the whole problem of where we're where we're at with Star Wars. It and is. I will, and I will be honest. Like um, this movie, like what what I liked a lot of it, and and I think it's a well crafted in many regards, um, and in many I, ways, yeah. and I want to see it again, um, but when I came out of it, I, my first feeling was like I'm not a kid anymore, mm-hmm. and that and that's a bummer of a feeling to have, and I'll be honest, when I go, this movie was preceded by the trailer for the mar um the infinity war avengers movie and i looked at that movie and i was like i'm gonna enjoy that movie and i'm not gonna feel like i feel now and and uh and i don't know why that is necessarily maybe because it's newer maybe because it's all you know like in its prime it's not it's not turning away on nostalgia maybe because even though it's tropey it's not exactly the same family of characters encounter the exact same problems over and over again. I don't know what what it is, but I just feel like I'll still be there to see Star Wars, uh, but they, they, they're they getting close to... Um, I've lost the furor after this movie of like having to be like... Like when Episode Nine comes out, I know I'll get caught up in the hype as I as I want to do, but I, I like this time for Episode Seven, I was in day one. For The Force Awakens, I was in day one, even maybe like a special screening. I, I was in very early. For episode uh, for episode eight, I was in like over a week later. Uh, it's been in theaters for, you know, close to two weeks or something. And and I can just see this escalating like the Han Solo movie is going to come out in May. I, I don't see myself storm like I'm going to see it. It's just but the the desire diminishes each time and i definitely yeah. felt that this time well that that whole like that meme with the choose your own adventure is funny and it's so true and and i think and it's a bit tough when you see like i saw an interview with ryan johnson being like he's like i'm a star wars fan and i heard jj abrams say the same thing 
and that's a bit the problem because every you know like again what we're talking what we're getting to here which is like this is a problem we all have our own ideas because it's like if i had been at the helm of this thing i'm like i would have done some different things and i i think i would have taken risks you know that obviously was never going to happen in a million years but i would have done a few different things i think i would have taken risks too but then you, you start thinking but like so who's ryan johnson you know it's one thing when it was like everyone had a hate on for the prequels and i always thought this in the back of my head of like because if, if i was george lucas george lucas didn't give a buck he made star wars it's his he invented it it's like he's like oh you liked it yeah it came out of my brain this is what i'm gonna do you don't like it f off and it's sort of true like it's his creative property it's his creative license i give him full credit he could do whatever he wants he wrote the damn thing but all of this now jj abrams rian johnson it's fan fiction it's written by fans after the fact. And I guess that's the problem. So they're fans, great. Well, I'm a fan too. I have my ideas. So does everyone else. And that's why no one can be pleased. If it was George Lucas, you can be like, you could disagree with him and be like, it's his story. He does what he wants. He wrote it. But now it's fans writing it. And you're always going to be peeved, or I am, at the at what other fans thought about a certain character. Hmm. Look, you know, even when you think about the original ones, like I was a Luke Sky- I love Luke Skywalker. Crofton, for sure, more a Han Solo dude, you know? So it's like you have different feelings and emotional attachments to, this, to these characters based on just whatever you felt or however you respond to them were fans. So are these new filmmakers. And I feel like that's always going to be kind of a problem. And I mean, once they get away from the, from the Skywalker saga stuff, it might be better. But I feel like at that point, unfortunately for me is that I think we're just back into CGI vomit, which is what basically Hollywood is now. And and without without the kind of like anchoring in my nostalgia of these stories and these characters, I might be off Star Wars and in the same way that I wasn't into, you know, I never read the novels of Star Wars and never got into Clone Wars. You know, I was interested in these characters and through lines. And if all I'm going to get is like CGI vomit and new characters in the next movies, I'm like, whatever. I don't think I care that much anymore. And that makes me a bit sad, too. And, you know, it's just about like. They could, they, you know, when I keep coming back to this, like, should they have just left well enough alone? But the answer, you know, and getting out of the movie and coming back to reality is like, they could not. No one was ever going to leave this alone. They can't not make Star Wars movies because they want the money so bad. <laughs> and it's just there to be taken. And we all know that, right? Any Star Wars movie they're going to make, it's just cash. They can't not do it. They will always do it. And it will annoy people like us. And other people who don't have the same attachments will love it because it's just blockbuster fodder, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that got real cynical there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, but I, I don't disagree. It's a bit, I just, but I mean, it's, just, it's, a bit, it's not it's becoming a, a review boat. of the Last Jedi, and more like they're they, our childhood. It's like we're their prison cellmate, <laughs> and they're they're raping us because <laughs> they want money. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad now. But maybe and, you're not wrong. I don't know. And well, don't to a point, yourself, that is what it's about. Because Rianne Johnson got some criticism for that last scene where with the child, because the child has essentially an action figure, and like the idea was like, oh, it's like just merchandising right up front, being like, oh. But his, his view of things is like, look, when I grew up as a kid, I had all my action figures and I played and this is how I, I, I captured my imagination and had the stories, you know, lived on beyond the film for me. And there is there is some we talked about merchandising on the show and there is there is some some element of truth to that, how you see it 
or how you don't. Star Wars was the first series to film film really to merchandise the way that it, it has. And yeah, it's true. Like these these new Star Wars movies are leading to a bazillion pieces uh, of merchandise and, and there, a ton of there money. Was a Ky- there was a Kylo Ren sticker on the bananas I bought at the grocery store. And I saw it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's a banana. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's been licensed by Star Del Monte. He's like, we need to get in on this Star Wars action. People aren't buying bananas anymore. They well, need force powers. Well, yeah, it's so like, eat these bananas so- and you'll grow up to be a dick just like nephew <laughs> Kylo. Yeah, why was it Kylo Ren? What was so weird was when you peeled the banana, it just made the lightsaber sound when you turned it on. Like, it was just sort of bizarre. But, um, Actually, but- I just peeled it and it was rotten inside, ruining my expectations. Yeah. Uh, Oh, they, were, they weren't bananas. They were Rihanna's. Rihanna's. But, but, but you're a whole like they would never leave it alone. They would never leave it alone. I I would I would say like they they were never going to leave Star Wars alone. That's for sure. But there was a good chance we were getting very close to them leaving the original well, cast. And what, when and why was that? Alone. Because it was in George Lucas's hands and. Right. Someone was like, "Here's a, we're gonna, here's a four billion dollars." <laughs> They're like, "Look, George Lucas, we can't give you any more money. There's no," <laughs> and he's like, "All right, I guess I'll take it." And now it's unleashed, you know. And it was like the only protection we had against this kind of thing happening. And look, a lot of it's really good. I've, I've I enjoyed this movie, even though I'm crapping on it a lot. Uh, I did enjoy it. It was good, and so was Force Awakens, and so will the next one. Will be entertaining too, for sure. But like the only protection we had about that was that it, it was George Lucas's thing. He had it, he controlled it, and then he sold it, and now it's out there, and now it's all the fans are gonna. And what's and amazing to... is that he was able to make the prequels and still sell it for that much. Because I like the prequels, but a lot of it's very trendy. Well, they kind of suck. They, like, the but again, they're they're his. If he wants to ruin them, he can. <laughs> if you don't like it, stop watching. Right. I mean, it but just, it, but it if, just goes but to show you Ryan the power Johnson of the original. Ruins it, yeah. If Ryan Johnson ruins it. He's just like me. He's some fan. He's probably the same age as me. I'm like, I don't respect him because he made what Looper. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie, but whatever. <laughs> like he's in the right place in the right time. He's, a, you know, it's just like if any Star Wars fan who happens to get in with that studio, now they're going to be able to write Star Wars. You know, great. Yeah. That's awesome for them. I think. I think we should get to verdicts. We're on an hour and a half here, yeah, boys. Yeah, I forgot we're even doing one. <laughs> I know that's the show's just getting warmed up now. It's good. Re Rian Johnson's forty four. Yeah. So, um, but before I like to we... see him playing with his Star Wars figures when he's a kid. He's like Luke Skywalker. He just lies him down in the corner. He's like he's tired and weak. Before we do, <laughs> plays before... with all the other. Okay, uh, we... hang on. I know it's fun to bash Ryan Johnson. Re... You got me saying <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Um, the I want to talk about like just things we liked because we spent a lot of this movie focusing on our disappointment. And you guys have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. No, I've spent. I've. I'm the only one that he's, said he's been defending. About this we've been. Movie. We've been tainting him with our with our energy. Really, but, I'm the one that talked about performance. No, no, we know. We know. We know. The look, look of the film. How how they did yes. well by Luke Skywalker. You're the. You guys have only said negative shit. Yeah, yeah. I said so, Killing Snoke was brilliant, and it is. So so hang on, hang on. I want to talk. If we have any parts you thought were really awesome or your favorite parts. Pick like one or two, unless you have a lot and feel really passionate about. But here's my favorite. I, I've got two. All right. One was I thought Leia was awesome. I loved her character. She wasn't. She was present in this one way more than the other one. 
even though she didn't have a lot of agency, she was very important. I love that they gave her the spacewalk. A lot of people hated the spacewalk. I loved the spacewalk. I loved the racial and, and cultural diversity and that she is not just a token woman leader, but a very important person in the story. And she's passed away. I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to get a new actor. But I need to see a way more of her in this next movie. Kylo wouldn't shoot on her. Kylo's mom was... I mean, think about the way Kylo is. He's mad at daddy. He's mad at his uncle. Mommy, mom. Like, he loves his mom. That's something they communicated to us in the story. That he'd have the hardest time with doing something evil towards his mother. That, that much is clear. She's number one on his I love you list. I'm really interested in that. So other, that was your... Okay, that so was one. Your, I really loved the way they handled Leia and her role in the story. Uh, the second one was... Um, uh, oh, I forgot. Shit. Okay, well, I guess I don't get to have it. But the second thing... Oh, de- oh was this... Was Snoke and Kylo... Oh, no, sorry, it was Kylo. Kylo was all... Like, I didn't love Kylo in Force Awakens. I really was like, I'm on Team Kylo. If I end up hating all the characters, I won't hate Kylo. Like, I'll just be rooting for Kylo in episode Because he's actually... <laughs> I actually kind of... This is the one thing the story about the uncle killing or the nephew killing gave me was that, like... Oh, yeah, I can see that. He's been a problematic student. He made his legendary uncle so mad that he woke up. And he's holding a lightsaber over his bed. It's like, I'd probably be done with that toxic temple, too. So I'm kind of like, I kind of see it from his view a little better. And I liked him a lot. That's it. So that wasn't a scene that was just like a it's general... No, just aspects. Anything, really. But stuff sure. that we didn't really touch on. We did kind of touch on Kylo, but not so much Leia. Leia was amazing in this. I loved it. Well, I'm going to say something unpopular about Leia because she's deceased. It's not going to go over well. I'm sorry. But, like, if we're going to be talking about the movie. I, I like the role that they gave Carrie Fisher and Leia and stuff like that. Um, but we talk about remembering characters. Han Solo, Harrison Ford, say what you will, he slipped into Han Solo's boots in The Force Awakens perfectly. He felt a, like exactly he was in tune with that character. Um, I didn't like that they had him return to adolescence where he's going around with his Chewbacca in these shipyards and he's left his wife and all that sort of stuff. I didn't necessarily like that stuff. But the way the the way that he, he um, was that character, for me, nailed it. Harris, uh, Mark Hamill? best performance ever is Luke Skywalker in this movie really emoted well like dug into all sorts of different emotions all the torment performance aren't you all all, all the torment I know where you're going with this you don't need to build it up that much Leia and and this is like I don't I'm not sure if it's like because Carrie Fisher has had a lot of Botox and stuff like that outside outside that's it you and me we're going outside to fight (laughs) but I just I just felt that yes stoic leader yeah she was a stoic leader that's great she was cool and calm and she she was very similar to mom mantra mon mantra's character many bothams died to bring us this information um from from return of the jedi but she she didn't she she didn't have that princess leia in either the, the force awakens or this to me she wasn't the character that i recalled and yeah i know she's been through a lot in her life and she can't be the spunky princess that's you know pulling out the gun and saying i'm going to put you out the airlock flyboy or whatever you know but 
but she wasn't she didn't feel like she was ever that person and so for me I a lot of people are like oh Carrie Fisher gave a, a fantastic so you didn't like her performance just say that we asked you what your favorite things about the movie was and I'm, you gave me like there's like a 20 minute monologue I, leading up to I didn't like her performance slamming <laughs> the dead no but see but that's what's so hard it's just like okay. she's passed and so that's why I have to do all this because people are just gonna just jump out of context no, and be like, like "Oh, Crofton is you know hating on you know a dead woman or whatever." We should all revere her performance for being the greatest Princess Leia. I thought you didn't like you know, it. You didn't whatever. like it. So that was your favorite thing. How shitty. My favorite thing like of the entire <laughs> so film long. was the visual and audio design. Period. Like. And and I'm talking about everything from like, do you remember that scene where uh, Hodo or whatever her name is, the the lady with the blue hair, mm-hmm. who was introduced in this movie just to die for no reason, sends sends the cruiser splicing through um, the uh, the star destroyers, and it just it cuts the sound, it shows it from a, a, a neat angle, everything goes quiet, um, just a, a, on uh, on crate. With the um the the bikes taking off in the sand, getting ripped off in red, red uh, blood and stuff like just looked visually uh, stunning for me. That was one of the things I liked the most about the movie. And my all-time favorite scene after one watch, I, I have to say, in the movie is when Luke is explaining the Force to Ray. I almost had like sort of goosebumps and stuff like that and she's at first there's the joke where she puts out her hand and he's like you feel that that's the force or whatever it, it threw back to um threw, threw me back to han solo's force awakens jokes joke where he's like that's not how the force works but um but when he's explaining it and how it surrounds and binds and isn't owned by anyone it's not owned by the jedi it's not owned by the sith it just it's, there's a spiritual element to it there it's always been there and and I was just like I got a little bit of goosebumps, and then when Ray made all the sort of rocks elevate, and she's she's experiencing everything, uh, I thought like I just the way that that scene represented to me that spiritual element of Star Wars that was there in Episode Four that Han Solo said in in the last movie, you know, it's all true, all of it, and uh, and and for me that was that moment that sort of brought all that back. So I really did like that scene. Um. For me, well, the favorite scene, I think it's pretty much hands down for me. It's basically when, well, let me preface this a bit. The whole, when Luke Skywalker showed up with his Grecian formula on his beard. And, and uh, New Hope, when we you know, found as, Luke as Skywalker. As I showed up, I'm like, I wasn't, like, I didn't know that it was some kind of projection, but okay. I was like, something's not right. I thought it was a dream sequence or... I was like, it was very clear to me that this was not really happening. Uh, and then, and so all that stuff, I didn't care for the, like the, you know, that thing. I was like, eh, it's just a bit too pop culture-y to be in there, I thought. Um, and even like the coolness of their slight lightsaber battle, which is really cool. The bit that I thought was the best, and, and it sticks with me, is this like, it's the, come back to this close-up on Luke, the real Luke, the haggard old man who's back in the force and he is 
sending himself across the galaxy. He's, I still think that he's, is he's awesome. Dragon Ball Zing there, right? When he's meditating, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's like he's, he's meditating so hard the wind is blowing his hair back, and he's a, like sweating, awesome. and he's like, and then and then yeah. it backs off, and he's levitating in the air. Yeah. He is just like this force master. That was that's that's a bit the thing where it was like. They, that was the one thing I thought that they gave me about the entire I movie like that, that I shot wanted with too. I like that where, too. Where he's like, he's there. He is the master of the force <laughs> right there. And I'm like, I love the scene. The lighting was amazing. Uh, he's fully committed. He's, he's, he's doing a selfless act. It's awesome. Um, you know, I was a bit sad that he then just died because in some ways i'm like he didn't have to die like he could have just been like oh god i'm i'm wrecked and maybe played some other role but whatever he's not dead he's one with the force yeah whatever so he'll he, show up he could he could have like, he like why, don't you, least, why don't you go to the digable sorry, system <laughs> before becoming one of the force he could have like helped move a few boxes and then let like he you know yeah, yeah. so in, in any case like that scene that specific scene was for sure my favorite i also really liked i just echo bow i thought that the Leia coming back from space was kind of awesome and in the sense that it's like I was open enough to be like at the end of Return of the Jedi where they're like you know they, they imply heavily that Leia is like you know there is another and he's like it's in you too like Luke Skywalker basically says I'm going to show you some force stuff at the end of the last movie he says it and I kind of you kind of forget about it because they don't talk about it in The Force Awakens and you're sort of like oh shit like I thought this was like it's blown up. She's dead. That's how we get that character out of the way right away. And then it's like, oh, she comes back to this. I was kind of like, this is kind of awesome. And she sort of looked like this kind of weird sorceress. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And surviving I, I space Carrie is Fisher no was... small thing either. Like, I feel like, too, people, surviving space is like no small thing. It's no, arguably it's... probably the most badass force power they've had in any of, like, yeah, you it can jump cool. and flip around. It's like, it's the vacuum of space. That shit will implode you. Like, it's, that was, it's good. Yeah, was it was impressed. really, it, I thought it was cool. And it maybe opens up a little bit to, like, um, maybe she's going to help train Ray a little bit. Maybe she knows some yes. stuff about the Force. Yes. Although, the, the, some the other, other irony yeah. that I'm sure no one, this is lost to no one, where they're so eager to kill off Han Solo and get rid of Luke Skywalker, and they got Mark Hamill and. <laughs> And Harrison Ford is still walking around, and Carrie Fisher dead, and that's the irony of that is, I'm sure not lost yeah, but on anybody. If any studio house has the tech to do it, it it's you know the they said the fine early folks on that, that brought you Rogue One, and they uh, said early on <laughs> that they were not going to do that with her. Oh, well, that sucks. Well, I think the end of the the end of the movie left a lot of space for them to like the spark of hope has been reunited er, er, um has been brought back to the galaxy and it, i think they could open the the next movie with a scene at a funeral for leia um as as sort of like the, it's all in our hands now she's given us all there is to like i i feel like that the, the, she's not um they got to a point where they can do the official handoff. Um, I, I did think when when um, they announced this trilogy, I was like, oh, good. I'm going to get to watch all my favorites get killed off. Um, I thought that one of them was going to make it through. Um, and my bets were Leia Chewbacca. was going to be the one to make it through. No, Chewbacca is kind of like, like, like Sorry, 3PO and R2. C-3PO and R2 that make it through. <laughs> <laughs> I oh just as an aside and this was the movie that cemented this for me like um 
the 3PO and R2 got got screwed. Uh, they 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 about time. Come on. Yeah. No, but okay but they were this. they were like the um, narrative thread. They were the point of view characters through the original trilogy. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, pretty much. Like they, they were, um, they were there all, through it all, and 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 that was kind of an interesting point and an interesting narrative trick. And then they were they were put into the prequels to a lesser extent, but still very prevail prevalent. Yeah, even like going so far as having Anakin being the one to put together C three PO or whatever, so he's there from the beginning, and then and now they're still there. Three PO and R two are still there, but they're kind of like shelved. Like they don't get they don't get anything, and instead this BB-8 droid gets everything. Like literally, he got like a zillion money scenes in yeah, one but, movie. But there. don't be peeved about that if you're not peeved about them handing off to a new generation. Because I mean, like, you gotta you gotta shelve those droids too. Droids don't well, last yeah, forever. You gotta let them die. Let it, all the old stuff the die. Kill it. Kill you it. know how you guys were Kill always, you know, you're always fan fictioning about like what you would do. Oh, if I had my way, if I had my way. Well, if I had my way originally, what I would have done is I would have shelved. I would never have gone back to Luke and Leia and all that. But I would have continued with R2, 3PO and maybe had like some cameos of long living creatures like Chewbacca or whatever. But having them being the connective tissue to a new generation of heroes, that I would have been supportive of. I think it would have been a cool sort of nod and a wink where they could occasionally make references where you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. They This isn't the worst shit they've seen. Yeah. Um, I always, as another kind of slight aside that I didn't, we didn't talk about this movie, we were so focused on the main characters. But like Chewbacca, I always thought even in the old movies, didn't get enough credit sometimes for for shit that he does and i'm like he's actually pretty awesome and in this movie i'm like he's a good pilot that dude can pilot some stuff you know and it's always like he's like oh he's a co-pilot but i'm like eh, he's pretty much it's pretty much his ship now the millennium falcon i hope they just make that established like it's chewbacca's ship well, see, but it won't be see, it'll be some some human be, race. And now we're at, now we're at this point in the conversation too where we're just thinking of the smaller things because like yeah let's chewbacca get to it. eating the porg and the yeah. like porgs. All the porg. I'm glad we didn't talk about porgs. I I was okay with porgs. I I like them. I'm all right with porgs. Yeah. They're I'm just fine. like whatever. But they were like they were they <laughs> were a funny. Star Wars thing. They were funny. Like I hope it, the porgs are in the next movie because they've been they're infested the Millennium Falcon. And they were essentially Chewbacca's entire story in this movie. And honestly, <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm glad that they were there for that because. Chewbacca would have had a bummer of a story otherwise because his best yeah. friend and life partner died, you know, or whatever. They could have had him being mopey the entire movie. Instead, they had him goofing around with porks. I was okay with it. I liked that he busted down the door to find Luke Skywalker. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. He's like, hey. Yeah, that was awesome, actually. Um, yeah, so. Uh, verdicts. Yeah. I think we do need to move into verdicts, even though, like, stuff is jumping at my mind, too. Like, there's a lot of little things in this movie. It'll never we, end. We can't cover all the, the corners in one show, but we talked about the big stuff. Um, so, oh, can we bring in the farm animals? Do I have that technology? Uh, where are they? There's a bunch of little scenes I'm forgetting. Yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> The big horse race. Yeah. They were cute, but. Yeah. Murder in the court. 
Order in the court. It's verdict time. So let's not introduce any new evidence into the conversation at this point. <laughs> we'll be here all night. The show. This is the longest show on record at an hour and forty six minutes. Oh my um, God! No one's going to listen to this. So all right, I'm going to. You think I, it's a holiday? Jim. I'm going to go first, um, and I'm going to keep it short and say there was a lot to like about this movie. When I'm watching it, I'm entertained and into it. I was extremely disappointed with the Luke. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, being mad at certain things, and then coming back and being like, no, that was okay. Like turning around a lot of the stuff and just being okay with it. But the Luke stuff was more meta than just this film. And it's too important for me to not feel like, like I was disappointed with it. So for that reason, I'm going to give this movie a bullshit rating of bullshit. Wait, my rating is a good rating of bullshit. So, so it's an enjoyable film. They fucked up Luke. So, I'm I'm also gonna say bullshit. And this, that's this is one of those times where um, you remember Siskel and Ebert. They would have the thumbs up, thumbs down thing, and I realized how there's no cop out to that. Like it's like you've got to be you've got to be like okay am I going thumbs up or am I going thumbs down on this thing, and here we have bullshit which allows us to cop out on a movie review, and say like like the, say that you know I liked a lot of it, I I there's a lot that I I didn't like or there's a lot that I had problems with there's a lot that troubled my nostalgia bone there's a lot you know whatever, it's complicated and it's clearly elicited a lot of emotions out of people. A lot of emotions, and Bo t- talked. He applauded the diversity, but there's a lot of racists out there that are having huge issues with the fact that new characters are, you know, Asians that are, um, are, are you know, black people or are people uh, are women in positions of power and all this, um, uh, and, and that all the enemies for you know are are, are white people for uh, you know lack of better white better males, terminology. Actually. White men, yeah. So, so I mean, it, well, like you know, Captain Phasma is a white woman, um, but um, yeah. but yeah. So, so, uh, so there's there things to applaud in this movie, but it's a messy movie, and and uh, and I think that the bullshit writing is apropos. If I had to give it a thumbs up or thumbs down, I would probably lean closer to thumbs up than I would uh, thumbs down. But uh, but I'm gonna stick with bullshit for our verdicts. Okay, do you want me to press the bullshit thing again then? I don't Did you already do it? I did, but yeah. I'll do it again. I don't know if you guys can hear it. So. I didn't hear it. It'll be on the recording, but I guess it's kinda of quiet on your end. Sorry guys. Um Yeah. It's funny in our we had this we were chatting about this a little bit in text and uh, I'm surprised you didn't say it outright, Bo, but I thought it was in some ways the most apt thing I've seen said about Star Wars and so concise what Bo said. It's a good movie that is very, very disappointing. And I'm like, that really captures it so succinctly, and it just gets, it just nails it to the heart of it. Because I'm like, okay, I'll just say it, bullshit too, too unanimous, obvious. I can't say it's bad because it's like there's a lot of good stuff in it. I liked a lot of it. It's entertaining. If I wasn't nostalgically attached to some of these characters, um, you know, maybe it'd just be good. But that's not the world we live in. Everyone knows. Luke Skywalker is there's so much there and I felt like they just they didn't do and I wasn't looking for just like all gold you know I'm what I just felt like it was a resource that they had and they didn't use it 
And that's kind of bullshit. It was just like too eager. I just felt like they were just too eager to maybe. But Bo said, I agree with Bo a lot. It's just like they didn't do Luke justice. And even though that scene, my favorite scene is Luke like coming back and it's, it is pretty awesome. Like I'm super divided. Divisive film. I say bullshit. But it was entertaining. What can you say? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and I think there was a thought they meant to say on the show at some point, and I'm just going to say briefly here, is I expected to feel bad or feel moved, but I didn't expect to not feel anything. And the thing I was holding it up to was like Blade Runner, which was like, I found it to be an incredibly moving film to me. I don't know if that's fair to Star Wars or not, but that's certainly why well, I didn't give it a good rating, because it didn't, the film didn't move me, except anger, you know, so... Yeah, and me too. Like I felt like, like I said, I, That's I the wave of the dark side. <laughs> I thought about this movie a lot after, as I, I think we too. all have. Yeah. And just trying to trust my my emotions, I was like, I felt not good about it. You know, yeah. it did not feel good. And and I'm not saying it was their job to make me or anyone else feel good, uh, but in that way that was hard to pin down, which is the whole unsatisfying. And it's not like I'm not saying give me what I want. I'm saying do right by something. There's a lot of ways to do that. A lot of challenging ways too. Like there's, you know, the choose your own adventure thing. It could have gone yeah. a million different yeah. ways. It's quick. not quite the direction I would have chose, but I respect a lot yeah. of what they did a lot. I have and, a quick uh, question for you guys before I yeah. move into the thing. I know we've done verdicts. Just this is also one of the only Star Wars main films that takes place like eight and nine. set No, what? Seven and eight take place like days between each other whereas it's usually a period of time that elapses between them did that like does that make it weird a little bit or no is that fine oh wasn't that also one of the big holes in the whole thing was it like i never know, think about that stuff the timeline stuff well i f- i always feel like that's weak too when people don't because if you start looking at the timelines of things you're like this all doesn't make yeah, but any you can sense suspend disbelief all. to be like maybe she spent her timeline on on the planet was like five days. Meanwhile, the chase is a twenty four hour timeline. Yeah, and that stuff doesn't work when you're flipping back and forth yeah. between. It sounds you're, like it, it seems like thinking, she's on this you're island. Thinking about it too hard. See, that's the exact type of question that I'm just like you're thinking about it yeah. too hard, and yeah. that's that's what what I find very frustrating about these movies and their reception, uh, and uh, even doing a show like this, like. When I went into that theater, I wanted to think about this. I wanted to enjoy it going down as a candy confection, much in the way that Bo sort of said he actually was successful in doing. I wasn't even successful in doing that. And I definitely was successful in doing that with The Force Awakens. And it was only after leaving The Force Awakens that I went through the emotions that Bo was going through where, where I was like, shit, man, I'm depressed. All my favorite characters had shitty lives for the past 30 years. But at the time I was watching The Force Awakens, like when you look at the scenes in The Force Awakens of like Ray and Finn flying the Millennium Falcon and then the gun gets locked and he's got a, and, and she's got to pull this evasive maneuver and they're flying through this crashed Star Destroyer. There's so many like rip roaring, like, yeah, moments that it's just a really fun thing to watch. And uh, this movie is much more, um, you know, like emotionally complicated of characters going through uh, arcs and issues and and stuff like that. But there isn't as many of those. Rip- it opens with a rip roaring scene with Poe, but there 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 aren't really that many of those types of scenes. And for me, I just found I found 
the 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 emphasis everybody's emphasis afterwards has been on overthinking what is a space fantasy at heart and i just for me again it reflects back on i think less on the movie and and more as me as an adult and and that i don't want to say i've outgrown it but i've definitely made it so that i can enjoy it the way that i used to i think the i think i didn't have a problem suspending disbelief on the timeline when i started thinking about it my well, qu- I, my my question was more to do between movies and not in the movie yeah so that's hard to judge too because it's like but i mean i think it's a tricky thing when you're writing this like a screenplay it's like you got to think about this stuff and that's you know, suspension of disbelief is like a fine balance, and it's like it's some one thing can throw it off. It's kind of like having a dream, and sometimes you might realize you're having a dream, and you're like, "Oh, it's kind of busts the I, I, fantasy." I kind and, of, and it was a bit of that between the whole like they have like six hours of fuel left, and then these guys are going to this like. Uh, yeah, no, you clearly have to thing. suspend. I'm like, you I don't have, know. You have to suspend <laughs> you know? your disbelief for all of that. Like that's. Like that's a conscious that's choice that's made for there. me. I felt like the other movies, it's like usually things happen and there's periods where you don't know what happens, so you don't know how much time has elapsed. Whereas this one, it was pretty much like they told us times, six hours. And you're like, okay, well, now I know that much. And I know these people have to do this thing and that. And you're like, oh, this yeah, is getting yeah. real stretched here. But if they hadn't have done that, if they had made it, un- you know, it's very simple things you could <laughs> do. So stuff like but- that. I meant you'd be like, oh. was I not clear? <laughs> the time between movies. No. I know, but it made me. Think I keep of some saying, other time. what do you think about the time between movies? And we keep talking about the time in the movie, and I'm like, like, anyways. Time well, I, okay, I forget about it. I've lost interest in the question you guys asked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but we have to close the show now. One thing I'll say is there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about this. How the um, people talk about how the Empire Strikes Back was re- received in theaters, and they're comparing the reaction to this one. And a lot of people, when Return of the Jedi came out, they said, oh, they got their mojo back that they had lost. Critics and audience members were – it's only in time that people have been so receptive to The Empire Strikes Back. And a lot of people are questioning if that's going to be the case with this film. This will be the film that they'll look back. Because it's true. We are experiencing it as it happens. But in the future, it's going to be seen as the middle episode of a three-part arc yeah, and will yeah. it fit better then you know could, i don't it know it could be better or not i think it rides on the strength of the next one but i ultimately don't think it's part two in a three-part series so i think the empire strikes back is is not a good personally my opinion is not a good comparison this is part two of a 15 part saga so all right uh if you want to write a 15 part email to us uh don't <laughs> review it and cut it down and send it to goodbadbull at gmail.com. We'd love to get your emails and your thoughts about Star Wars The Last Jedi, especially if they're in agreement with my feelings. <laughs> no, just kidding. Send whatever you want into us. It's all good. We will read them. And if we get enough, I'm kind of hoping we get we spark a lot of controversy because we could just do a whole episode on mail on this. I'd be willing to do that. Um so anyways goodbadbull at gmail.com if you're interested subscribing to the show you're listening to this and don't know how you got here want to find out how you can get more goodbadbull.com there you can subscribe on Stitcher Google Play uh, I, um, the iTunes store the podcast app and there's an RSS feed or you can just bookmark the site and visit it and listen there and we're also on the YouTubes if you prefer the video version um, finally, we'd like to thank our supporters over on the patreon.com slash goodbadbull. Uh, this is where listeners, this show is paid for by listeners, the generous support of, of, 
of our listenership who are effectively our bosses and um they help pay for our server costs and uh we really appreciate that so if you'd like to become a supporter of the show you can go to patreon.com slash good bad bull and uh help support today for a buck a month that's like half less than half of a price of a large cup of coffee a month that's not a bad deal at all for great podcast entertainment all right uh we're gonna get out of here i'm gonna give it do it quickly and not let people answer well you guys are gonna get ornery if i do i'm bo schwartz on twitter follow me there crofton if our listeners want to follow you where can they do it uh may the force be with them at crofton sears on twitter all right and michael hodgins if our listeners want to find uh you where can they do so It'd be just about as hard as it was to find Luke on that island in the it, middle of, of nowhere. Of course, that's your answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's at ML Hodgins. Yeah. You should have Good said they're going to find me sucking the green milk teeth of whatever those things are called. <laughs> <laughs> By that the way, also funny. a he really good part of the movie. Like, oh, that's also why it reminded me of you. That scene came up and I'm like, it's, it's Jedi Mike again. Drinking, drinking, tapping, tapping the, the, the wheel. Why did that It just reminded me of you because you're kind of, you know, pro nature and and you tap maple trees. It's not a far stretch to tap and utter. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.